Welcome back to another episode of Teaching with the Body and Mind. I am here with Tom. Hi, Joy. And Mike. Hello. And Ross. Hi, Joy. Hey, good morning. And um, I wanted to do a little equal time today. Uh, back in the winter here in Minnesota, we had an ep- episode devoted to snow and the wonders of, of, of playing with snow and, and all the great things that kids can get out of that. And now it's summer and I feel I feel as though equal time should be given to the wonders of the sensory experiences available in summertime because I still think they're better than snow. That's just me. And so I kind of wanted to just uh, do an ode to all the wonderful, messy, filthy things that happen in the summertime. And you just get, you take off your shoes, you get mud all over, you paint, paint on your body, go under the hose, get the grass clippings stuck to you when you walk through the yard. Just all that uh, kind of immersively messy stuff that happens in summer. And a little little shout out, we're late, but the 29th of June is International Mud Day. So that we'd also just give a give a plug for more messiness, International Mud Day. So if you haven't heard which, of that. Which if that you, out. you know, you maybe listen to this and it'll already have passed, but you can still celebrate any day and every day if you want Every day can be Mud Day. Exactly. <laughs> it's a little harder in January in Minnesota, but... I mean, it I takes some real determination, well, but you can. A good job. I actually think in Minnesota, Mud Day should probably be celebrated in the spring, but that's just. That's yeah. true. I always, you know, say that when you know parents are like, "Oh, should I bring the snow pants home?" And it's like, "No, no, no! Now they're mud pants. Keep them for another month." Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. International Mud Month of April in Minnesota. <laughs> exactly. Yes. 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 So yeah, just kind of. I mean, again, just maybe just talk about some of the opportunities that do exist. Hopefully, uh, what I what I was thinking as I was thinking about this is that. I think it's a little easier to say yes to some of these things in the summer because you don't have as many clothes that you're going to ruin and have to run through the washing machine. You can mostly just squirt everything off with a hose, assuming you have access or, or just even just jump in the shower or the bathtub and you're just washing it off your body instead of all the other right. stuff. You know, once you've gotten your snow boots submerged in something, you have kind of like a, a bigger problem. Um, so I think there's just something that's easier about saying yes to all this really messy stuff in the summer. But I also think there's something different about the experience when you don't have layers between you and the world. It's just completely, it's, I right. keep saying immersive, but you know, you just have this, like, it's just a very, um, I don't know, you're just right there. Like you're, you're in the pond, you, or pond, sorry, yeah. lake, right? We don't swim in the pond. You know, you're, you're submerged in the, in the water or you're burying yourself right on the beach in the sand. I mean, just all those kinds of experiences that... I think they're probably mostly sensory, but there's going to be other other aspects to them. So, yeah, I don't know if people want to rattle off uh, favorites or just what comes to mind when they think of think of the topic. It feels like I mean maybe as we're getting in, in there, just that it's authentically sensor sensorial, where mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. you're not feeling it through t-shirts or boots or it's yes. you're you're usually kind of full bodied, and it's right to your skin. Which I just cut my finger in the basement uh, doing some woodworking and I have a bandaid on my finger, but even there like typing on the keyboard with a bandaid on the haptic perception is different because I have something impeding my fingertip. And I've just realized as we're talking like, Oh, that it's kind of like when you're getting messy and you have your shirt or you have your Mm -hmm. mittens on, or you have, Mm -hmm. you're feeling it through something rather than really feeling what it is. And how much worse it is even, you know, when you have this, like your shirt got all wet and you've got that disgusting wet, t-shirt feeling stuck to your skin and how much better it is if you can just get that wet piece of clothing off and just feel the water you know that just sort of there's sometimes, sometimes yeah. it's just, i guess that's why babies don't like wearing wet diapers it's, it's, it's just <laughs> turns out they, they we've been doing it for a very long time yeah it, it also makes me think um like the way 
when there is a puddle mm-hmm. or mud, something that's like different than the most of the environment, whatever, you know, if it's mostly grass and suddenly there's this muddy part or puddle, that's where a majority of the kids go. I mean, and admittedly, there are a few other kids who just stay away, right? That, right. But the, um, the sensory resistant yes. <laughs> children, but there is that whole thing of like, it, it just calls, you know, it's like it beckons the children like, come over here. Right. And that's why I think that one of the great things about the warmer weather is that you can pretty much say yes. Right. Like sort of like, mm. you know, at my school, people will like send the rain gear even in the summer. And it's like, well, yeah, because what I said, you don't like having your soaking wet T-shirt if it rains right. on you. But really, uh, who if you forget your raincoat in the summer, who cares? You know, you're not going to be that uncomfortable and it's not going to be dangerous and it's not going to, you know, it's just sort of, there's just, I don't know. I just think there's a lot more freedom when you're doing all these things, way less things to worry about, I think. Well, and as you said, opening up this episode, Joey, that it was, there's a inclination to say yes more. And I think maybe that's with the group that's currently in this zoom call uh, that we're (laughs) inclined to say more, but I think there's still a lot of people or programs that are like, Oh, it's yeah. We can get outside, but don't take your shoes off mm-hmm. in the sandbox. Don't you know? Mm-hmm. Or but stay don't. away from that. Oh, that's it's muddy over there. We're gonna have mm-hmm. to play over here. Right? Exactly. Like we have to shut that part of the playground down because it's there's a puddle over there. And and I and I get it. I think that there's logistics for programs that don't have that in place. But I think as we've talked about at, with a lot of other staffs at you know various presentations and conferences we've done, the idea that you have to really re- rethink how you see that or embrace it so you can say yes because if your children don't have a set of dirty clothes to get messy and mucky or that they you don't have a space like a hose or a bucket or something that would there are going to be things you may have to rethink but we know when the puddle is there i'll what i think i think research says uh 87.6% of children are drawn to puddles that's a completely made up figure by the way but we know I think it's 93.2 it might yeah it's probably 150% because it seems like everybody and then some kids you didn't even have with you are all of a sudden in this puddle but we know that they want to be in many want to be in it there are those who are avoidant but majority of children want to splash and stomp so maybe it's important for us to think about I, I don't know. I don't want to get away from the, just the joy part of it too, Absolutely. but also to think about what are the things that our programs have in place. Right. Um, and who are the families we're serving? Cause you know, if, if the families, if the dirty clothes are sent back to the families and they have a laundromat eight blocks away and they don't have a car, that's a different attitude than the parent who has the washing machine next to their kitchen. And right. while they're making dinner, they, Right. throw a load in, oh. you know so you know keeping all those things in mind it doesn't right. it just means having to think through it you know like we we're, we're washing stuff at our center now yeah. to make sure everything is like getting washed to our 12 point plan for covid so we're doing the washing but we right. have a washing machine at our center so right. you know no, for sure and i don't want to i don't want to yeah, yeah, yeah overly casual about those kinds of concerns but even that's still easier right you're not right. washing a snowsuit, yeah. you're washing a t-shirt and a pair of shorts. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or we, yeah, and we could spend the time talking about the joy and then just no, no, I, people I don't to wanna, figure I don't out the logistics. And, I, and you made a good point. Not every kid is excited to have the wet sand stuck to their feet. I mean, I, I, I'm aware. I hate wet sand. Ugh. Like I love mud. I like, there's a lot of one things I do love, but. Sand's real gritty. Like how do I leave the beach? Cause I want all the <laughs> sand off my feet before yeah. I put my shoes on. It's like, if I do it by the water, I'll get my 
feet cleaner, but then it will be wet in your sand. shoes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I, yeah, so I, that's my, it's like the, the thing I really don't like look forward to about I, I can <laughs> summer I, I that one that thing. As well. But so mud? I, yeah. my, my solution is don't put your shoes on. <laughs> it depends what feature. A little tip, yeah. just don't put your shoes back on. <laughs> walk through the grass. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it goes, so, then that goes between your toes, like the car wash. Mm-hmm. The grass kind of cleans oh, out yeah. the sand between your toes. Thank you. Problem yeah. solved. Pro tip, pro tip. So I have a couple, uh, I, I have one vision in my head that um, I was lucky enough to be able to travel to the Amazon. My daughter was down there uh, working in Peru and we went, we went deep into the Amazon and we came to this place where this child was totally immersed in mud. It changed the whole idea for me about mud. I thought, oh my God. I mean, he, from, from his neck down, he was covered in mud. And then he'd go out and swim in the river and he'd come back and he'd go back into the mud. And he was just and playing, Tom? I mean, this is just He was just you... playing. I okay. mean, this is probably an eight or nine-year-old child. And it completely changed my idea about mud. I mean, I thought, oh, the whole body covered with mud, swimming in mud. I mean, it, uh, it was, it was kind of cool. <laughs> but now on the clean side... If you don't like the mud side, uh, there was one activity I, I, I did one summer where I had a, um, a foam mattress and I put it, on the, mm. I put it out on the, on the playground and we put soap suds, uh, dish soap and, and a hose and the kids jumped on it and stepped on it and you know, it was totally clean. I mean, I told the parents ahead of time that this is going to be a, a water day. So have the kids bring their swimsuit so you don't have to worry about uh, cleaning or anything because it, it was, like I said, it was a totally clean activity. Um, it was pretty cool. And, uh, you know, I even brought out this tripod magnifier so the kids could look at the suds that they were creating mm-hmm. in this giant sponge. Uh, you, you, you probably can get pretty creative about that outdoor, messy kind of fun play that. And as you, yeah, I, for sure. And I like that there's different, yes, it could be a clean, doesn't always have to be mud or, or, or wet sand, but you also with your magnifying glass make me think, I think there is uh, to your, to your, the body is a thinking tool uh, phrase that you've given us, Tom. I think that when you are fully immersed in uh, the elements, I'll say, I think there, that is just going to support scientific thinking, whether you're three and you are fully understanding the, you know, the properties of whatever's happening when the water is compressing, you know, around your, your arms when you're underwater or like, Oh, the sand is going to dry. And then it's going to, Mm-hmm. you know, crust off of my toes, but wet sand is going to have that, you know, capillary action and, and stick. I don't think a three-year-old thinks this, but I think, you know, it builds your, um, I actually, builds your knowledge base. I actually think they do think that, but <laughs> vocabulary right. is an older thing, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. And because I, I think that's one of the big things with science is that I think a lot of people who work with young children feel like they have to give the Okay, adult right. terminology to things because uh-huh. that's teaching uh-huh. and i actually think the capillary action they totally get it they know what's going to happen uh-huh. and they'll be able to repeat it over uh-huh. and over which means they understand or they're trying to make sure is this true will this always work uh-huh. and then they see oh it does always do this so i would say they actually do understand it but and and they understand it because the body is their thinking tool right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but there's no way of um the linguistic side of it they right they don't have terminology for it and they'll probably use the terminology they do have you know it right 
So it's then, climbing up. The water's climbing up. Right. The water, whatever, right. yeah. So then I would argue if you don't have a wide range of experience, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be a wet sandbox. It doesn't have to be up to your neck in mud. But if you don't have a wide range of experiences, then you're, should I go so far as to say you're, you're limiting thinking? I, w- I would think that's... Limiting thinking, yeah. I think, I think it's... I yeah. You're Inhibiting. Stifling. Stifling. I mean, I think, because I think it is the idea I was, as you were saying that, Mike, I was thinking like, oh, wouldn't that have been a great analogy for a middle school or a high school teacher to use when you go, do you remember when you were in the sandbox in the summer? This is what, or when you were in the pool, this is what that feeling, here is the, you know, vocabulary connected to it. We also know that children, very young children will, if we explain it to them, can start to retain some of that information. And it may not make, you know, we can't expect them to recite the Oxford Dictionary or anything like that. But the idea that we could tell them about, well, this is what this sensation feels like, or this is what it is. But I think as you're saying, it's, there's the understanding is being crystallized because they're feeling it with their whole body. They're experiencing it. They're having that understanding. And then... So, so it, it, it started to become pretty intectual here. I knew you do it, Tom. Just, just think of the problem solving. I know Tom. Tom's been waiting for this, but just think of the problem solving that Mike was talking about. I know I don't want the sand stuck between my toes. Should I mm-hmm. rinse them off here? Should I walk? And you've seen the kids, right? Yep. Like they're not coming inside because they have to get their plan about what's going to make mm-hmm. them feel comfortable as they walk to the door. Um, sorry, Tom, I cut you off, but I mean, I do think that's, that's, a, there's that's a, a good problem solving. Yeah. Yeah, and the one thing I'd say is that sometimes the emotion oh, sure. kind of overrides yeah. it. So that's the thing you're helping with mostly is calming them down enough to like, so what can we do? Or right. if you know they're going to just avoid this completely, talking ahead of time, the problem mm-hmm. something. Oh, so if you did get muddy, I know you don't want it to stay on. What right. could we do? We had, we had a child with the opposite right before coming inside when he was all wet from the sprinkler and everything like that. And the sandbox is near our door. Right before coming inside, he would literally roll mm-hmm. <laughs> he just loved that feeling and yeah. all the teachers were like oh my god you know all the adults couldn't imagine just coating yourself in scratchy wet sand but sugar anyway. cookies just exactly He's that yeah. reminds me one time when my child was a preschooler probably two and a half or maybe three actually we were going on a road trip but we stopped at a friend's birthday party in the summer and so they came out and you know so my child like was going to eat watermelon they took off their shirt, ate the watermelon, and then rolled in some sand. And then we were supposed to get back in the car to drive for three hours. And it was like, oh. I'm, <laughs> glad, I'm glad you brought up watermelon because that's actually the thing I was thinking about. Because in the summer, you can also eat really messy food. Yeah. Because you're yeah. often eating outside, right? So you right. can eat the watermelon that's going to drip all over your face. Yeah. And, and then you have water play to wash and it And then off. berries and corn mm-hmm. on the cob, which is also very messy food. So yeah, everything, you, you can be really filthy in the summer, you know, and just really learn what that is. But Tom, I cut you off a while ago. Do you remember what you were going to say? Uh, no, I was just thinking about another activity, uh, and it just happened yesterday with my grandchildren. Uh, we, we were talking about rocks, and I've collected lots of different rocks over the years because I used them in my classroom. Um, and I was showing them my rocks, and then I brought out a pail of water, and I said, Let, let's look at them in, when, they, when they're in the water because they change. The color changes. Uh, there are different highlights. And then they, 
they got the idea that they'd start throwing the rocks in the into the pail. Well, I was sitting next to the pail, and I said, "Well, you know, let's move the let's move the pail over here in the grass, and you can throw the rocks there." And then they started to come up with about three different ways to throw the rocks. One was just running around in a circle around the pail, throwing the rocks into the pail. The other one was kind of like a hook shot, trying that way. And then there was a kind of a dance and a throw. And it was like, you know, it, if I had thought, you know, that that's something that happened because of their um, emerging ideas, just, just spontaneously happening. And it was... Uh, you know, that's something that could be done outside because they were running and throwing rocks right. into, and, into a target. And splashing, and which splashing. is something you could say, no problem. We're not going to, you know, getting wet is no big deal. Yeah. yeah. It was interesting, too, because the, the grandson at one point was throwing the rocks purposely so they wouldn't go in the pail, but close to the pail. Mm. Go figure. I, I, you know, if you if you if you give them the opportunity to create their own activities, you would be surprised at the things that they can come up with. I mean that that that's the that's kind of the beauty of being out. I mean, it happens indoors too, but it happens on a bigger scale outdoors. I think. Yeah. Yeah, because it's more often more open ended and 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 what have you. So. Yeah, and uh, that's the other thing about messy play in the summer, right? Is that you can do it outdoors so right. then you can get much messier um yeah and i'm feeling this is a really minnesotan episode you know where it's like we've got seasons <laughs> yeah and oh, yeah no no it's yeah for <laughs> but, sure for yeah. sure but extreme seasons extreme seasons but i you know yeah so in the for winter those you're who, not out for very long you know like, right so what, whatever whatever wherever you are whatever season you can be outside without right i mean so yeah yeah wherever you're in that sweet spot where it's no big deal to get wet and muddy um you know, or, or Sandy or, or what have you. I would hope that other than maybe Siberia, people always have the opportunity to get wet without it being too dangerous at some point, but I'm not, I have to study my climate. Well, I think one of the other things that I, as we're talking, the one thing that I, I really have enjoyed kind of seeing the resurgence of is having um, the, the old pots and pans from, you know, ag- you know metal pots and pans, cook she- baking sheets, cookie sheets, on the playground in the sandbox and now that the little flowers from various weeds in the grass or uh, other like wild kind of things that are starting to grow and shoot up that like that mud kitchen the mud kitchen piece and then how the intentionality and the devotion and the time spent for some of these children who mm-hmm. sometimes bounce around uh, mm-hmm. a little bit more but now are there for 45 minutes making muffins right. and making sure everything has just the right amount of this and that and mm-hmm. the again the thoughtfulness the intentionality the i mean the, the dexterity the mm-hmm. all those pieces but it seems like it really comes alive when at least in minnesota the nature really kind of returns and so things are really there's so many even just in the grass how many different kinds of grass and flowers and leaves and ground cover just the the amount of things that they can use and when given that time to and the permission to go out dig it split and if they are mixing and it splashes them it's not a big deal that we can we'll rinse it off at the end or that you know you have your swimsuit on already you'll be you know you can go run through the sprayer and clean off yeah yeah i want to i want to wrap it up but i think i think what you just said supports the sort of like a lot of, it, it's the joy of what is happening but it's also the 
barring than what we said at the beginning, it's the ease of saying yes, right? Tom mm-hmm. could say yes to the throwing the rock in the bucket game. You can say yes to the mud kitchen. Just There's just a variety of things and it's just easier. Not not always 100%, but it's easier to just say, say yes to. And then we know that saying yes is going to lead to just massive creativity and thinking and hope, hopefully joy, right? Yeah. So, um, well, I have a feeling probably could have gone in a lot of different directions, but um, yeah. I just, like I said, I want to give a little equal time. Um, if we're going to talk about the seasonal opportunities. We have to talk about the joys, the joys of summer, because since it's my, my topic, I can say it's the best yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you guys. I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks, yeah, Joey. Thanks, Joey. Thanks, Joey. Thank you for listening to Teaching with the Body and Bond. We'll be back again next week with another episode. Music is by Big Wheel Popcorn.